people, how are you doing? It's episode 336 of Griff Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? Are you well? Where am I recording this from? Is it from Edinburgh? I said it'd be from Edinburgh. It's not from Edinburgh. It's from my house. Yep, I'm recording this on Monday, bank holiday Monday. I'm at home with the kids. My wife's outside with the mandem, with the gandem, in the streets of West London. Nine Hill Carnival, that's where she is. Well... I assume she's on her way back, or she's gone to some after party in Kensal Green. <laughs> Who knows? But um, I haven't checked. But uh, how how you doing? Are you well? I'm back from Edinburgh. I was meant to be back Sunday night, um, but my if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that uh, my flight was delayed. My ten past nine flight was delayed all the way to uh, half. Past midnight, then pushed back to 10 to 1 in the morning, and then at um, about 11.30, they cancelled the flight. Yeah. And what do what happened? Shout out to Wahala on the ESN podcast, right? Because as soon as this happened, I was about to lose my temper and I just remembered what he said. He said, no, when his flight got cancelled one time, he just rebooked his flight immediately. And that's what I did. I went straight to the app. It said, manage disruption. And then it said, do you want a refund or do you want to rebook a flight free of charge? And I went, rebook a flight. I rebooked a 7 a.m. flight the very next morning. And then once I rebooked that flight, I thought, right, what's their policy on hotels? And then I thought, it doesn't even matter what the policy is on hotels. I need to stay somewhere that is right close to the airport because it's now half 11. By the time I get out of here, it's going to be beyond midnight. And I'm trying to get that 7 a.m. flight. There's no point me calling around trying to crash on someone's sofa. I'm just leaving the fringe. If I try to go back into the fringe, people go, you might as well go out tonight. No, no, no. Uh, so I booked my hotel. Um... Well, actually, I did, and as I was about to book it, I thought, wait, 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 they must have some policy. I don't want to shake myself out of getting the money back if I get this wrong. And then they did actually have um, an option to automatically uh, book hotels that they would pay for. But they tried to put me in some apartment in the middle of Edinburgh. I was like, no, I need to be at the airport. And I've read the other policies, and it's like, as long as it's a three-star hotel, you know, it's a holiday in, travel lodge, um then you'll be fine. So I was like, right, fine. And I stayed at Hampton Hilton, which is their kind of three-star Hilton's, and I stayed there. This was right, literally five-minute walk from the terminal. So I was like, right, I booked that, 108 quid, um, and I should be able to claim it. So I submitted my compensation form, submitted my expenses form to EasyJet. So I'm hoping, if they're both successful, I'll have my £180 back, and then the extra 220 quid. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Then, um, then, yeah. And then out of my vexation, I said, no, I'm not going to incriminate myself on the pot. <laughs> I'll put, I'll put it like this, guys, though. I, um, I bought stuff from Duty Free when I went through the first time. And the second time I went through, I got some more stuff from duty free. That's all I'm saying. 
we between the lights. My wife got two different kinds of perfume. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, and I uh, got the first flight out. And I tried to t- turn the L into a W. You know, I um, I was think right, I'm staying in the hotel. The bed was actually so nice. I was so it's almost cruel I almost wanted the bed to be shit the bed was so nice in this hotel I could have just stayed in bed forever you've got to understand this my bed in my house is a firm mattress I think I said it on the pod when we bought the mattress Naomi likes flipping like mahogany mattress <laughs> I like to feel like I'm sleeping on the cloud that's, that's me. Nomi likes to sleep on pain and suffering. Like, you know what I mean? She likes the aggressive mattress. <laughs> so, um, I... So, I was loving this bed. But I knew I was only going to get four hours sleep. Woke up early to take advantage of the breakfast. I had egg, haggis, and beans. And a, and a waffle as well. Made my way to the airport, did my little bag drop, and then I went and got to security. And then security, like, no, you need to join the queue. I was like, fine, I can see this queue going to the escalator. Why is this queue outside of the terminal? Wrapping around the building and all sorts of nonsense. It, it, it took so long to get through that I actually just didn't have any time to stop at any shop. Like to buy anything. I mean, food-wise. I just walked straight to the gate. But finally got back here and I was just being at home with the kids by myself. I mean, that's a lie. Naomi greeted me with a sandwich. So that was nice. And she had made dinner and made lunch. So it was really nice to be home. It was really nice to be home. I just had the two kids today. Um, both super needy. <laughs> I think Zadie needs probably a week or two to believe that I'm not going away. Last time I came back, I came up for two days. I think once I'm here for a week. Cause she, all she wanted was to cuddle all day, which is really nice. She's needed to cuddle. Or like, as soon as anything I'm saying, cuddle. And she came up to say, my daddy. My daddy. Not just daddy, my daddy. <laughs> which was lovely. Zavi, I don't know if he knows who I am, but he's just a happy child, so I smiled at him, he smiled back. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if it's actually personal. I don't think the smile was necessarily for me. So, um, yeah. But Zadie was definitely, yeah, Zadie was, well, Nomi's first as I saw her at the door. And then she was like, look, look who's here. And then Zadie just came around the corner. She, I think she, whatever toy she had in her hand, she dropped it out of her hand as if to be like, pick me up now. And I was like, oh, that's lovely. She's just great for the ego. You know? Last thing I wanted was her to be like, oh. So he's decided to return, has he? I was just reminded, I've got to take her to nursery tomorrow. Golly. Fully back into life. Well, they've got tomorrow off work. Got Tuesday off work, so uh, which is good, which is nice. But, um, I'm pretty sure I'll be receiving emails. Are you back today? No, 
My out of office says I'm back on Wednesday. Okay, could you just jump on a call? No. <laughs> but fringe diaries, we do the fringe diaries. This is also this is the handover. The end of the fringe diaries, handing over to back to the pod, usual programming. And um, yeah, the last show, I, I was absolutely knackered, throat hurt. But I had some friends in the crowd. Had Ibs SA in the crowd. Had um, had McLean, a guy I met during the um, during the fringe. I didn't even know he was a comedian. I just knew he ran a gig in Bristol. Didn't know he was actually an actual comic. Um, then I go online to see his stuff. I'm like, this guy's actually funny. <laughs> um, he came. Um, uh, and what I love about comedy is, again, I didn't know he was a comedian until after. I've got a joke that features someone in a wheelchair uh, as the, as a punchline. And, he, and he's in a wheelchair. As soon as I said that, I saw the crowd laugh, and then they looked at everyone looked at him, and they stopped laughing. And I was like, "Hey, listen, like, don't don't look at him. <laughs> don't look at him. Don't do that." <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was fun. Um, Axel Blake was there as well. Um, yeah, they, do what I just like my show being seen by people who um, who knew me outside of the fringe. Put it like that. Even if they're friends or not friends, colleagues, whatever you want to call them, but people who know me outside the fringe know that I have kids, or whatever. Then to tell this story through comedy, and then have people go, I didn't know all of that. Um, you know, it's nice. It's dead nice. It's dead nice. So um. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool to do the last show. Um, Yusuf was in the crowd as well. I think the guy's seen my show. I've seen about six or seven times over the fridge. I mean, shout out to agents. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing that. I would see the first show, probably see it at the halfway point, and then depending if they've been nominated for stuff, <laughs> no, I'm not seeing it again. I'll come and meet you after to have a little debrief. So that how things going? But uh, no, it was, it was fun. And then yeah, then I left left Edinburgh feeling very smug. I was heading to the airport and going home, but obviously I was not going home. Bloody bastards! Um, yeah, it was annoying, man. It was annoying. I thought it was the perfect plan. Ended up in the departure lounge with um, Dane. Baptiste and Tati Claude, who Tati just done the full run. She was trying to get home. Her flight was like a, got delayed to two a.m. I'm not even sure she got on it. Um, they managed to get on his flight about uh, like eleven. It was just it was all shambolic, man. This is all shambolic. It's oh god, but yeah, because the EasyJet gave us three pound. <laughs> While we're in the terminal to spend whatever you like, boys. It's on us. Since you've been delayed for three hours, here's three pound. Thanks, mate. Do what I bought with that three pound. A chocolate bar and some chewing gum. And I had to pay an extra 56p. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
as soon as I saw the free, I just laughed. I was sat in Weatherspoons when that three pound came in. I was like, you could buy fuck all in the airport with three pound. Now this is a derisory amount of money. I was like, I'm filling out every flipping form to get some compensation back. If you think I'm not getting compensation, you are nuts. But yeah, there. But that's one. That is what happens um, on my way back. And then I don't know what's been going on in the world. What is my plan after Fringe? People keep asking me what's the plan with the show. We've agreed, Yusef and I, we are going to take two weeks of not talking to each other about the Fringe. And we'll sit down and have a proper meeting. Two or three weeks and sit down and have a proper meeting. Everything just laid out. You know, what do you want to do with the show? What do I want to do? I think what my problem is, at this stage, I'm just like, oh, I'm up for it, whatever. I think Yusuf's looking at me like, bro, I, I work for you. Give me some idea of what you want to do. Because <laughs> if I'm just there like, I'm up forever. He's like, okay, right. So you want to do a, a tour, a live filming, develop it into this, develop it, develop it for radio, develop it for TV, develop it for internet. <laughs> Write a book. <laughs> I mean, release a line of paint. I'll do whatever I can with the show. Um, so yeah, so he probably does need me to have some kind of this is what I want to do. But I'm actually, I'm just, I'm so open, genuinely open. There's probably stuff I don't want to do, but there's not anything I wouldn't. Don't have There's not much I wouldn't do in some form or some permutation. You know? Oh good. Um. Right. Okay, that's I haven't got much to talk about. Just being in Edinburgh, spoke about being back home. Um, yeah, nothing weird happened with me while I took the kids out. No, no, that's it really. So, for my own advice, if you're in the park with your two kids, you have to befriend other parents in the park, even if you're even if you don't know them. But the sheer fact that I saw this black guy, we started chatting away. That brief chat, he's like, oh, see, you got your, ha- see, you got your hands full, because I've got two, two and one amount numbered. Whereas he was with his partner and they, they had the one kid, they got the ratio right to control park situation. Because when it's two parents over on one child, you see, one parent can go get ice creams, go get chocolates, go get coffees, and that. While the other parent occupies the kid, and then. One parent can drink their coffee calmly. They say, shall we swap? And the other one can drink their coffee. You know what I mean? That's how it goes. When it's two on two. Or one on one. And again, it's, it's kind of, it's not terrible. It's not great. But it's, it's very doable. Maybe one kid's a bit older. So it takes less attention. One's just sat in the buggy. So, you know, it's doable. But when it's two on one, two kids on one, oi. I'm having to eat snacks while pushing the buggy. Um, having to manage. So I have to tell Zadie to sit down and eat a snack because Zavi needs a bottle. And then Zavi just has to sit there in the pram while I'm pushing Zadie on the swing. And I'm having to like position him next to whatever thing she's going on. And he starts crying. So I have to pick him up. And oh, mate. And this is where you have to befriend other parents because at one point, Zadie decides, I am running away as I'm holding on to Zavi as I'm 
attempt is having the buggy. So I'm now doing this thing of wait. I'm saying, Zadie, get back here. And she's not coming back. It gets to about, you know, I mean, she's, from when she's about 10, when she's about 20 feet away from me, I'm like, yeah, she's not coming back. So I was like, oh. and then who? Lo and behold, who's near me? This guy I spoke to earlier, I was like, oh, mate, oh, could you just keep an eye on him, please? He was like, yeah. And I just sprinted after him. <laughs> in my head, I was like, mm? my son could have just got kidnapped right there and then. <laughs> oh, dear. But, um, oh, wait, if you can hear that noise, that's my child on the monitor. We're back in. Um, rudely interrupted by Zavi being such a baby and waking up. <laughs> um, but I think I was just saying that I was come towards the end of what I was talking about. Maybe just getting to dear Deirdre. Don't let's talk about anything interesting. So if you if I will say something interesting and you're now on tender hooks and you want me to finish what I was saying, I paused the recording. I didn't stop it so I could hear back to what I was talking about. I've paused it. So it's gone. What I was going to talk about is gone. Alright? So let's go to dear Deirdre. Okay. Dear Deirdre, I sent nude pics to woman. Not to a woman. I sent nude pics to woman, but now she's blackmailing me and threatening to tell my wife if I don't send her money. <clears throat> wow. All right. So, um, just from that, you, um, I don't know what you do there. You definitely don't send the money. Because once you do that, they just ask for more. I'm not talking from experience. <laughs> Dear DJ, exchanging nude pics with a woman I met online was meant to be a harm thrill, but she's blackmailing me and I'm petrified. What the hell was that? I'm petrified I'll lose my family. Sorry, I need to just think that's my wife dropping something in the bathroom. Because Naomi's back now. Um, anyway. That mean I'm petrified I lose my family. Wait, if you exchange nude pics, why don't you just blackmail her back? So far, I've sent her £550. Duh, yeah, you're done. You're done. It's over. It's over for you, mate. The moment you said the first pound, it was done. So far, I've sent £550, and she's told me that if I don't send more, she will tell my wife everything. Um, how does she know your wife? I'm 45 year old man, my wife's 42, we've been married for 12 years and have daughters 10 and 8, oh god. My work takes me away from home most weeks and the long evenings in hotels are boring and lonely. How curiously I started looking at chat forums and began messaging random women. Uh, to break up the monotony, I wanted some excitement. I started talking to a stunning woman in her, tw- in her late 20s, that's where you went wrong. If you have an affair, have it with someone your age. <laughs> You've got all the same things at stake. You should, you should only be talking to married women who are 40 as well. And the conversation was flirty and full of innuendo. Within the hours, within the hours, she suggested I send her pictures of myself in the nude mug. I was hesitant, but after more persuasion from her and a couple of her own naked selfies, I, I sent them. Do you put your face in them? That is... Wait a minute, I think baby's awake again. 
Seriously, it needs to be like a new patch for babies, man. The fact that they can't burp, you have to win them. Like, yeah, you know, this needs to be a new software update, you know? New, <laughs> new OS file to download for babies. Anyway, um, so, so, yeah, so, yeah, put your own face in your selfies. Ooh, 101, sending notes. Um, right, just a couple of days later, my blood ran cold when I opened the message from her saying she knows everything about me. She knew where I live or work and that I'm married and all about my family. It's your wife. It's your wife that's blackmailing, or it's one of your, unless your daughters are too young, or it's one of your daughter's friends. No, it's, it's your wife. Um, she knew where I live and work, um, and, and I'm mad, that I'm married and all about my family. She went on to demand that I put £550 in her account by the end of the day. Otherwise, she would send my wife my naked selfies. Panicking, I transferred the cash straight away. Magoo! I didn't hear anything for another week, and I hoped that she that was the end of it. But another message dropped. This time, she's demanded 1000 I explained I didn't have it, but she told me that I have two weeks to cough up. I've been so stupid and naive. I love my wife and family. What can I do? Desperately need to help before this gets more out of control. Tell your wife. Let's tell her. You've actually got to come clean. Tell your wife. And just say, I'm a mug. I'm an idiot. I haven't actually physically touched her. I ain't met her. I was just a mug. Um, and then just be prepared for your wife to be like, fuck off. It's over. Um, but yeah, don't send it more money. But yeah, you got to tell your wife. Otherwise, this will always be hanging over your head. So, yeah, that's what you need to do. Oh my god, is this woman drunk? That's the second time she. Do I, I, I blamed the boy for waking up. Remember what I said on the pot? Fizzy dropped something, and then the kid woke up. Oh, he's not woke up this time. That sounds like so many things drop it. <laughs> um, the X-Files. I can't stop rummaging through girlfriend's social media for clues about her exes. I can't stop rummaging through my girlfriend's social media for clues about her exes. I'm 28, my girlfriend's 27. We've been together for five months and she's lovely. But whenever she mentions anything about her romantic or sexual past, it lingers in my mind. She's had a casual sexual relationship with someone that I know, several one-night stands, and even admits to having unprotected sex with various flings, with various holiday flings in the past. Why do you think they'll be on her social media? What do you hope to find? You found out about someone you know. This is what, someone from your local town. You both haven't dated people outside your town. Well, you haven't dated anyone outside your town. And now you're upset you know shit about the past. Mate, just... You know what I mean? Either get over it or find someone from a different town where she could have noshed off endless dudes. But you'll never know because she's moved away. <laughs> um, I know this is my problem and at our ages it is hardly unusual for people to have had one night stands. So why does it bother me? It's almost like the more I care about her, the more I feel the need to pry a little further into her past. I don't know why I'm doing this. But I never like what I find. I can't help dwelling on her past. It's almost as if I like punishing myself. How do I stop thinking about this? Um, 
how do you stop thinking about this? You you don't. The only way you're gonna stop thinking about this is if you do something horrendous. I think what it is you're obviously looking down on her for a sexual past, so then you need to do something in your sexual present that then makes you the worst person and then you'll be able to forgive her in your sexual future. <laughs> That's how you have to do it. That is how you have to do it. Uh, right, let's let's last one. Uh, race fears. I'm worried I'll be branded a racist because I reported a colleague to his supervisor. I'm, I'm worried I'll be branded a racist because I reported a colleague to his supervisor for sexual harassment. He's flirty with all the female staff and I've mostly ignored him because I'm shy. I also have a pressured job and if I don't clear my workload I get very stressed. But recently this man has been pestering me, invading my personal space and making sexual innuendos the whole time. I'm a 34 year old single woman and he is in his 40s. He made me feel uncomfortable and anxious, so eventually I, I made a complaint to his boss. But what, uh, why is it to be racist? You say he touched me with his big black hand. I could smell his Asian breath. <laughs> like, what did you say? He was spoken to by his supervisor, but then he complained about me, suggesting I might be making up stories because I'm racist. He also reported that I have been rude to him. This man happens to be Asian, so he wants to look at your your vagin and bobs. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, that is completely irrelevant. Now this man has told me that I was out of order complaining about him. My manager has even lectured me on showing respect, even though I feel I did nothing wrong. Jesus. He makes more money for the company than you do. He's more valuable than you are. So just, just leave. I would admit that I was abrupt, but this man is a pest. And made me feel intimidated. If he alludes to racism again, I'll be helpless. I'm so scared. I feel so lost and anxious. I won't cope without a job. Jeez. Um. What he needs to do is find if anyone else is uncomfortable with his behaviour. That's what you need to do. It's politics. You need to get the numbers on your side. That's what you need to do. Make sure that someone else is being sexually harassed by him, then you come together. I'll write a joint letter to your bosses to say, get rid of this guy. That's what you need to do. Otherwise, it's going to be one on one. If he's more valuable than you are, then, then his campaign's going to just take like a new lease of life. And you'll be out of here. Branded the racist across your whole industry. You don't want that. Alright. I'll do this last one. Do I do this last one? I'm not been talking for. If it's 27 minutes or more, I'm done. Oh my god, it was bang on 27. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm getting good at this part. Because I even paused it a few times as well. It's pretty amazing that I knew it was 27. Do what it is. It's spending a whole month doing a show. You just know how well you've been talking for. You just get the feeling now. My performance clock is very sophisticated. But last one, dear Deirdre, I'm having sex with my best friend's dad, and I hate keeping this fair secret. You need to, unless you want to become your best friend's stepmom. I'm 21. My friend is 20, and we became best friends when we were studying music at college. He hit it off and also became friends with her mum, brother and dad. Oh my god, you're smashing the family up. 
He is 41, absolutely gorgeous and looks a lot younger than his age. He's the lead singer in the band and plays the guitar. One night, my friend and I went to watch them perform and I couldn't help but find myself admiring him. Uh, over the following week, something changed between us and whenever I visited my friend's house, I would feel a real fluttering sensation if he came anywhere near me or even looked at me. I never felt anything like it and prayed that no one else had noticed how I felt about him, but they had. One night, I missed the last bus and so my friend's dad gave me a lift home. Oh, gosh. Oh, Jesus. He pulled up at the end of our street and looked at me intensely. Without saying a word, he leaned over and started kissing me. He honestly completely took my breath away. From then on, he's regularly giving me lifts and we'd kiss in his car. Over the months, we met at country pubs and shared meals together. On the way home, we'll find somebody secluded and I'll give him oral sex or have full sex. Mad. Uh, but I've started to feel uneasy around my friend. She's even mentioned that her parents argue more than ever. I'm starting to feel very guilty about what her dad and I have been getting up to. If I tell her, it will ruin a family and my friendship. But I know one day I won't be able to stop myself blurting it out. Jeez. It's so mean. This is why you can't misbehave. Because you can only vouch for yourself. The person you misbehave with, wouldn't they just have this weird thing of needing to blurt it out? I have a moment of moral clarity with like, I need to tell them. It's always the best to behave yourself, man. Because that sounds like disgrace. And that guy doesn't know disgrace is coming. He's just that smug, like, you know, smugly smiling to himself. And you come round the house and you go, hey, hey. The only people new in this room that have smashed her. Yeah? That's how he thinks his last guy. But there's you, ticking time bomb, ready to tell everyone. It's crazy. It's crazy to me anyway. Anyway, I think this is the end of the pod. I don't feel even resolved what this woman should do. Right, um, stop smashing your friend's dad. That's what you need to do. And no, don't tell her, don't tell anyone. Let's move on. You'll next see this man at your friend's wedding. Um, yeah. What did I say about? Well, I don't know what's about weddings. Jesus Christ. What's that? Oh, that's it. If you just stop talking to. It's all going around. Yeah, you next see him at a major event, so maybe your friend's 25th birthday party, one of those. You'll see him then, and by then you should have got over it and you won't want to smash him anymore, and he'll be 25. But just keep it in. Don't tell your friend. Nope, no one wants to hear who smashed their parents, and it's not down of a parent. No one wants to hear that, alright? Keep it to yourself. Anyway, that is the end of the pod. Um, appreciate it, because I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I'm knackered. There I go. I'm out.